At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for checking in today. It is Follow the Money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss along with Matt Humans in today for Paulie Howard. We're in downtown Las Vegas, Circa Resort and Casino is your spot. We'll talk uh, about what happened yesterday in Canada as uh, single-game sports betting was passed as uh, Jeff Zocotny is going to join us from Covers, and uh, we'll get the breakdown from him at that point. I'm looking right now, Matt, at the updated series price in this uh, Canadians night series at Circa. The Canadians are minus 170. Golden Knights plus 150 now. With uh, Golden Knights minus 145 in game six, right? Sure, yeah. And I'm looking at the Stanley Cup future here as well. And the Canadians are plus $4. The Golden Knights plus $3.65. Mm. Right now, the Lightning... I guess are... if you believe in the Golden Knights, not now would be the time to jump in. I think so. Th- it's I, now or never. I was talking with Jeff Sherman at the Westgate Superbook about this last week. I said, would the Knights be favored over Tampa Bay in the Stanley Cup final? He's like, oh, yeah, of course. You know, because they got home ice. I said, yeah, but Tampa Bay's a better team. I don't yeah. think there's any question about that. I would love to take a plus price with Tampa Bay oh against my Vegas God, are you in kidding the me? Stanley Cup final. Absolutely. Uh, so right now you get about 4-1 to one on the Golden Knights to win the Cup. Lightning minus 112. Uh, if you said I could make one bet on that list, I'd bet the Lightning at minus 112. Yeah. that's uh, You can find 112 right now. I mean, that's... That's DraftKings, right? Yeah, DraftKings, yeah. yeah. I mean, if it's 135 here at Circa, 112 is a solid number right now in Tampa Bay. I would, too. I, if that's one, if I could bet one of those teams right now, or one of those numbers, it would be Tampa Bay minus 112. And like Jeff said earlier, Jeff Davis, he's like, they're not past the Isles yet. They're not. They're not. I'm not going to be, mm-hmm. put it this way, if the Isles win tonight, they're a small dog at home. You're going to be stunned if we're talking about a Game 7 tomorrow? No, I thought Randy not. McKay had a great line yesterday on the My Guys in the Desert show when he was in with me. He said, fear creates value. And, you know, that's true for a lot of games in the betting market. Everyone remembers the Lightning putting an 8-0 beatdown on the Islanders in the previous game. Tampa Bay embarrassed New York, right? So it's, that's going to give you a little bit of value on the plus price on the Islanders, I think, in game six. Sure. And maybe you look at a first period bet, something like that. You say the Islanders are going to come out uh, really focused and start hot in this game, but... Is it going to? No, it's not going to surprise me if the Islanders win Game Six. I'm not for a Game second. Seven. That's no. Uh, just have eight. Nothing was. Um, that's an outlier. 
You know, that's what it is. The worst game by far that Islanders have played in the playoffs. Tell you what, I really don't want anything to do with the Golden Knights in Game 6. That looks like a dead team to me. Yeah. Got to tra- travel back now to Canada. Short turnaround here. So flat. How, how are you that flat on your home ice with a chance to take control of the series? Again, I'm not going to bet that team on the road. No, no way. There's, I mean, so far, again, the Canadians, the Canadians were the worst team in the playoffs record-wise, right? And here you have Vegas, who, who battled Colorado for the President's Trophy. Mm-hmm. They were right there for the best record overall. And they have struggled, and Montreal has quite clearly, in my opinion, been the better team in the series. Yeah, a lot of times, too, you can point to the goaltender, and Carey Price has definitely been the better goalie in the series. Yep. Uh, Jeff Socotti is going to join the program coming up next. He covers uh, gambling at uh, at covers. Uh, the single game betting bill passed yesterday in that country. We'll discuss what it all means coming up next. This is Brent Musburger, and here is your VSIN action update. Now, here are the latest lines from my guys in the desert. New York Islanders look to bounce back and force a game seven in their Stanley Cup semifinal series with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Lightning with an 8 0 dominating win in game five. They're a dollar 45 favorite of the Islanders today, plus 135, five over the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. Game one, NBA's Eastern Conference Finals, Milwaukee Bucks saying seven and a half against the Hawks. 226 the total that the fights are for him. Milwaukee, a $4.80 series favorite. Atlanta, plus 350. Baseball today, Trevor Bauer on the mound for the Dodgers, minus 111. At San Diego Padres and Joe Musgrove, plus 101. and experts are analyzing all the postseason action. Andy McNeil has you covered the National Hockey League, and Jonathan Von Tobel has you up to date each day on the NBA. Sign up now for your free 10-day trial at vcin.com slash subscribe and get everything vcin has to offer. vcin.com slash subscribe. With your action update, I'm Mike Senna. Get the latest vcin odds at vsin.com. And remember, cash and tickets is what it's all about. Time to follow the money with your hosts, Mitch Moss and Polly Howard. This summer, it's time to update your sports betting wardrobe with some new VSIN gear. We've got hats, shirts, and mugs with the VSIN logo. Or fun sports betting sayings like cashing tickets is what it's all about, and it's not under until it's over. Visit the VSIN store today at slash store and find the perfect item for yourself or as a gift. That's slash store. As you know, Matt, we uh, this show is all over. Uh, Canada on Sportsnet in the major cities up in that great country. So we do talk a lot of NHL. I'd, I'd say that we probably talk more NHL on this show than any other national show that, show that you're going to find from a betting perspective, obviously. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And yep. You guys talk more hockey on this show than any other show on VSIN, too. And the first period totals uh, from a couple of years ago really mm-hmm. took off and uh, was great. And we'll talk about what took place yesterday in that country, as uh, Jeff Zokodny covers sports betting at Covers, and he joins us now. Jeff, thanks for the time today. How are you? I am good. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So let's talk about what took place again. C- Bill C-218 was giving the final approval by Canada's Senate yesterday. Now it's only one ceremonial step away from becoming law. How long uh, has this been going on, and did you actually think it was going to get passed yesterday, or were you a little bit surprised? Well, Canada has had this ban in place on single-game bets for, for years and years now, and the effort, and efforts, I should say, uh, to overturn it has been going on for more than a decade. There have been several attempts by politicians to try and get a bill over the line that would do so, and, and they've all come up short. Uh, and just starting back in February of 2020, another uh, attempt was begun with this bill, C-218. Uh, it's, a, it's a private member's bill. It's sponsored by... Uh, member of the conservative opposition in, in the House of Commons here, and it, it made pretty good progress through the House. Uh, it actually was passed by uh, the House of Commons, the elected part of Canada's parliament back in uh, April, and then it made it over to the Senate, uh, which is uh, an appointed chamber. So all the senators that are appointed, they don't have to worry about elections. They kind of do things at their own pace in that chamber. And the bill, you know, it moved along. It, it, it was being, uh, you know, nudged forward. Uh, it, it went through a committee process, and ultimately yesterday we, we got 
uh, the, the third and final reading of that legislation, which now, as you point out, leaves it just one sort of tip of, uh, of the royal hat away from becoming law. And I, I would say that um, it was by no means a sure thing, but the way that the winds have been blowing when it comes to legal sports betting in North America really uh, set this bill up for success in that uh, since 2018, you've had that real boom of legalization of sports betting in the U.S., and that's happened in states that border Canada and that border provinces in Canada that have uh, casinos and that are competing for those tourist dollars and that are, uh, you know, they're, they're suffering right now because of, of the pandemic. They, they've, been, they've lost a lot of revenue. This was seen as a way to give them a bit of a pick-me-up. And then also, too, you have uh, the support, the increasing support that's come from the professional sports organizations uh, that was something that didn't really exist back uh, when these previous attempts at overturning the single-game ban uh, were, were being done. So you had that, that real kind of change in, in, in sentiment towards it. And because of that, it seemed like, you know, again, not a sure thing, but that it was probably, uh, you know, the best, the best shot they've had in a long time to, to get it done. Okay, so what you just said at the very end there then, are there any restrictions at all on betting Canadian teams? Uh, not so far. So what, what oh. happens now is the bill makes it, it makes it legal for the provinces to offer single-game betting. The provinces, we you know, they're our equivalent of, of states really here yep. in Canada. They, they have responsibility for gambling. They get to decide how it's going to be run. So right now, they actually run a form of legal sports betting, but it's only in the form of a parlay, right? Like you got to pick more than one outcome to, to, to cash a ticket. And so it will fall to them to decide what the regulations look like. Uh, so right now, that process will still play out. We're still waiting for this uh, single-game sports betting bill to receive that final royal assent, mm-hmm. and then a, a date will be given to uh, bring the law into force. And so once we have that, the provinces will have a bit more clarity, and then they can really start ramping up their, their preparations and start you know, setting deadlines of their own for when they want this thing to launch. If you had a guess at a date mm-hmm. for the final approval, when would that be? The final approval, the, the sponsor in the Senate said that they're expecting it uh, in, the, in the coming days. So Canada's Parliament is set uh, I, I believe today might be the last scheduled day of sitting, so they, they uh, are, are about to head off for a summer recess. So it should come pretty shortly. So you think uh, betting is going to be in place, single-game sports betting in place in Canada by the start of the football season in America, early September? I think it's a possibility for sure. I, again, it falls to the province to decide how fast they want to move with these things. You know, where I am here in Toronto, uh, in Ontario, they are looking at uh, not only this uh, single-game sports betting bill, but they were already moving forward with this new framework for, for Internet gaming uh, that really would have uh, expanded it beyond its sort of publicly-owned option that you have right now to bring in more private sector operators. And now they're looking to sort of uh, weld this single-game betting option onto that and so they were looking to launch that framework before the end of 2021 Mm -hmm. so not necessarily before football season starts or during football season uh so that you know that that might come by the end of the year but not necessarily for football season but then too you have provincial lottery corporations that are already taking sports bets in the the form of parlays and maybe they can move things up a bit more quickly and start taking bets during the football season we'll have to see again still waiting on that that date when the law comes into force and then uh, whatever preference that the prompts want to go with, that'll sort of dictate where things go next. Okay. Uh, Jeff, I have a, a couple of uh, really important questions for you about Canada. Uh, okay. I missed the CFL. Is the Canadian Football League going to be back in August? I, I heard there's going to be a 14-game season that's going to start in August. Can you confirm that? I believe that is their plan. They, uh, Of course, they had their whole season wiped out by right. COVID-19 last year, right? Uh, they are scheduled to return in August. Like that, that is their plan. And you know, it's, it's funny you should mention that too. The CFL was one of the proponents of this single game betting bill. They look at it as a real opportunity sure. for them in the same way that a lot of other leagues have to really draw in that fan interest. And for them too, they have that really. They have even more of a pressing need because of how hard hit they've been by the pandemic and, and how. Uh, important it is for them to you know get off to a hot start to to, to rebuild uh, after all that. I would think that the CFL is going to view sports betting similar, Mitch, to the way the NFL does. Right? It's, it can only benefit the league. I can't imagine because it yeah. creates more fan interest. Have and the to. CFL definitely uh, could use that. 
especially after a year off. So I hope the CFL does make a comeback in August. Uh, Jeff, so you're in Toronto. Are you rooting for the Montreal Canadiens to uh, knock off the Vegas Golden Knights and get to the Stanley Cup final? Do you want to see a Canadian team in the Cup final? Or being a rival city, you don't. You you want to see uh, the Canadians fall flat? Uh, you know, I, I've been paying attention to a lot of politics lately, and I don't think there's a good way for me to answer that question. So I'm just going to have to give you a no comment on it and just, you know, so let, let, let's, let's, let's stick to the subject here. I, I, I don't think anyone needs my, my input on that. Hey, speaking of uh, politics in Canada, I got a friend up there around Windsor who's really frustrated because he wants to take trips to Vegas and get it out of the country. When are the border restrictions going to be loosened to where somebody can get out from Canada if you want to get out? Can you take a guess on that? Uh, I believe that the, the government is looking at it. You had uh, the prime minister saying uh, just, just this week, I believe, that they're looking at relaxing some of those more tight border measures. But I, I think it, it really just will it, will, it will really hinge on how Canada does with managing the pandemic. Like right now, we're in a bit of a positive stage where uh, the case numbers are coming down and the vaccination numbers are going up. Uh, and that will ultimately, uh, you know, tell the tale of where they go here. But, you know, it sounds like the, the prime minister has said that, that they're hoping that they're going to have more good news about reopening to come uh, in the weeks ahead. Uh, but again, all, all contingent on those, uh, those pandemic-related variables. Let's follow the money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Our guest, Jeff Sokodny, who is a sports betting journalist, uh, covers. So again, yesterday, a very positive day. Single-game sports betting passed to this point up in Canada. If there is a negative or two, though, that comes along with this, can you think of anything? Or is it like, no, this is all pretty much positive? I think that if there is going to be a negative, it's going to be uh, done by, by the provinces here, right? Like, it, it falls to the provinces to decide how they want to do things. And if they want to go with a really stringent model or if they want to take a hard pass at all, I guess that would be within their rights. They could do that. Again, this makes legal, uh, you know, single-game sports betting legal but it makes it legal for the provinces to do it. They have responsibility for gaming. So if there's going to be disappointment, it will sort of be at that stage because this was really uh, a hard thing to do just to get this uh, ban lifted. And uh, now it sort of just kicks it over to the provinces and they have to decide what to do. And so again, that, that'll sort of be where any disappointment lies. So maybe people won't necessarily like the model that they get in their province. I know in the U S you've had states do it a bunch of different ways with legal sports betting. Uh, so that, that might be the issue, but so far, we'll have to wait and see. Any idea as uh, to which sports book or sports books would want to be first in line to say, yeah, we have to get up there, got to be in Toronto, got to be in Montreal and other cities in Canada? There has been interest voiced by, by all of the mm-hmm. usual suspects. But, you, uh, you know, in Toronto, you know, for example, we have headquartered here the score, which is an up-and-comer in the U.S., but it's been in Canada for a long time. It has a media app that's very popular here. That is a company that has really expressed interest, uh, particularly here in its home market of Ontario, and, and getting uh, into that market. So that, 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 that's one to keep an eye on for sure here in Canada. But I, I would assume, depending on what the provincial regulations are, you're going to have interest from, from all the main sports books and, and wanting to enter the market. Because it, you know, in Ontario, I think the stat is that if it were a state, it would be like the fifth largest in terms of population. So it could prove to be a potentially... Uh, pretty attractive market for these companies. So I, I would expect that there'd be a lot of interest there. Yeah, I think every major sports book uh, entity is going to try to get in there. No doubt. Bet MGM, DraftKings, go on down the list. Yep. Jeff, thanks so much for the time today. We appreciate that. Thanks for having me on. Yep, there you go. Jeff Zocodney. Follow him on Twitter at That's his name. Spelled big with news a G. in Canada, man. Huge news. Also uh, got big news in Louisiana. Right. My messages were blowing up yesterday. Because of Louisiana or Canada? Well, a little bit of both, but more Canada than anything else. But now Louisiana becomes the 30th state, right, to pass legal sports betting. That's great. We're at 60%. We're at the 60% mark. And uh, I think pretty soon we're going to be at 40 states. I said this, you're probably right. I said this last year. I took a vacation in February. We went to uh, New Orleans for almost a week. I I had been to New Orleans before. I love the city. It was my fir- the first time my wife had ever been in New Orleans, right? I said it's almost impossible for a power rating of a city to go higher. Now, there are a couple of issues, obviously, yeah. 
in, with New Orleans. If you really get into the city, you're going to see a couple of issues. Yeah, you will for yeah. sure, right? Um, but when that city and that state is going to offer legalized sports yeah. betting, I that's huge, man. And then I was talking to Paul Stone about this, who lives you know, in Tyler, Texas, and he was giving me like the breakdown yesterday of mm-hmm. how close it is to drive from cities like Houston and Dallas, and those are what, two of the what, five, ten biggest cities in the entire country to drive over to Louisiana, get accounts, bet, you know, whatever, go there for the weekend, that kind of thing, to Lake Charles, to maybe Shreveport, take a weekend over to New Orleans. Yeah, nothing like a weekend in Shreveport. No, but you're right. I mean, it's, it's similar to the situation with New York and New Jersey, right? Where yes, it you is. Have so many sports bettors driving across the border to Jersey to bet because you couldn't do it in New York. You're going to have the same thing in Texas. A lot of Texas sports bettors frustrated drive over to Louisiana to bet, and uh, there's a tweet from Ben Fox v. Sin. Now 30 states plus D.C. with legal sports betting, 21 currently operational. Uh, it's amazing how fast this has moved in the past few years. And eventually you're going to get to 40 states. I guess some of the last holdouts are going to be Texas and California. California, what now, at the earliest, I think, the next time they're going to examine this is, I think, November of next year. Mm-hmm. And people who... So you're at least two years away in California. Right. And I've had people recently, Texans, like lifelong Texans, who are either friends of mine or they they watch VSIN, they've been out here, I've met them, they have said it will never pass in Texas. Yeah, I would not say never. I would say never say never. It might be the last date to get on board. You know how many times I've heard people say... The NFL will never come to Las right, Vegas. Right, sure. Pro sports friends, pro sports leagues will never come to Las mm-hmm. Vegas. I heard very smart people say that stuff over the years. Uh, I had one very sharp bookmaker in Vegas when I was writing a story about it uh, 10 years ago. Mitch told me he would put the odds against a, a professional sports team. Now, I don't want to say that. I think it was an NFL. Put the odds against an NFL franchise ending up at Vegas at 500 to 1. He said that like 10 years ago. Put it this way. I would be broke if that bet was available. I would have bet on no, no pro football team ever coming yeah, here. Yeah, he could never say never. So, you know, you a lot of these states get in trouble. They need to find ways to create revenue and sports betting. I looked at some of the you know, financial projections out of Louisiana yesterday and a couple of the emails we got from um, a, a PR company. Uh, I think some of those numbers are fantasy in terms of uh, what they project, in terms of a uh, handle and hold. But still, uh, you know, states like Texas are going to look at that and say, man, look, look at all this money we're missing out on. I would never say never. No, neither would I. Now, again, can like you, California. Like, what will be the last states to come on board? Utah, certainly, will, will push for that title. It appears as if Texas will. Mm-hmm. I don't, Hawaii? Uh, there's a lot of... A lot of sports bettors in Hawaii, man. Very popular. Sports betting is very popular in yeah, Hawaii. But they're also I don't know about the political system. Yeah, I, it you know, just I don't really like... follow politics that closely, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. But imagine once once we get there, and I think you're right, never say never, but once, hell, once New York fully cracks the code and California gets on board with it, if someday it will, oh, those two states. All right, follow the money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Matt's uh, take on the Travelers, an early look maybe at the Open Championship as well. He just got back from San Diego in the U.S. Open as well. He has six outright winners so far on the season. Who he likes this week coming up next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. 
Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. of losing your hair, you can get 50% off your first order of hair loss treatments when you go to keeps.com slash vsin, keeps.com slash vsin. Now, humans sitting in today for Paulie. So you just got back from San Diego. You were at the U.S. Open all week. Did you ever have sun? Like there was never any sun on TV. Oh, yeah. I think Saturday afternoon, maybe we had some sun and that was about it. You see my skin peeling off my big nose? Yeah. It, It came out? Huh? The sun came out? Oh, there's definitely sun out there, and it's it's definitely more intense than it looks. Until you, even on an overcast day, you can get a Absolutely. ton of sun out there. I do remember that. When we went to, <clears throat> we went to San Diego and Coronado on vacation last year, mm-hmm. uh, around, eh, early July, whatever, it's like it, you forget about that, where you wake up in the morning, and we were getting up probably around 7 or 8 o'clock, and it's it's not gloomy, but it's completely overcast, mm-hmm. and you just you tell yourself, okay, it's going to be like this every day, and some days it would burn off by, say, 9.30, other days it would hang around and linger until noon, whatever. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it's uh, that's a good way to put it because most days in San Diego you wake up and you got the marine layer and it's foggy and it'll probably be like that until close to noon, sometimes until early afternoon. On Friday, not much sun out there, just a little bit, maybe for about an hour and a half in the afternoon. Saturday was much better. It was actually Saturday was a lot nicer day out there and Sunday was a pretty good day as well. But I, I thought the golf was, in general, pretty dull until the back nine on Sunday. I would agree. Uh, were you next to Ron, by the way? Were you watching him on 17 and 18? Uh, no. But I do have a photo here of John Rahm sinking a putt on number four on, uh, I believe it is, Saturday. And I was at that the four green. I was waiting for all the you know elite players to come sure. through. And there's Rahm uh, sinking his putt. 
Uh, that's the, the the hole that's right along the uh, cliff on nice. the coast, where all the hang gliders, great hole. Para, paragliders are out there. Yeah, it's a great hole. Uh, Rom sunk his birdie putt. Mickelson missed his. Shoffley missed his. Morikawa missed his. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's frustrating. Right? It is right. Kepka actually made his uh, right in front of me. Kepka made <coughs> his putt. I think at that point to get to four under, and then he he immediately bogeyed the next hole. But again, you know, when you're handicapping golf, a lot of times it's about um, the driving accuracy and putting. You know, and you got to scramble around the greens too. And I, that's why I think I've said driving distance, in my estimation, is the most overrated factor in golf handicapping. Sure. sure. Bryson DeChambeau attracts crowds. That's one thing when you're out there in the course, you get a lot of people following DeChambeau because he's like a circus act. You know, let's go watch Bryson off the tee. And Bryson swings so head, swings so hard, his head almost pops off. And everybody's like, "Wow, did you hear that? Sounds like a missile right. flying over." Everybody's <laughs> amazed by that. But if he doesn't find the fairway, who cares? Mm-hmm. And half the time, I watched Deshambo off the tee. He was in the rough. He was all over the place. And that's why I'm not a big Deshambo uh, proponent. But Mitch, this was actually a, a really good major to be at because I think they sold maybe half the usual number of tickets. So you could get right up close to the players, up close to the greens, the tee. You didn't have to fight the huge crowds a lot mm-hmm. of times that you had to, let's say, in the U.S. Open two years ago when Tiger played at Pebble Beach. Right, right. Yeah, they were not overly massive the way it looked on TV anyway. Right. By the way, how about Matthew Wolf coming out of nowhere to have that weekend and be in contention? This yeah. is a dumb question. Mm-hmm. like Because his game should not be made for U.S. Open courses, but that's back-to-back U.S. Opens where he made a run for it. You're right. He was second last year. Yeah. He had, the, so, he had a three-shot lead going into Sunday. It's hard to explain, too, because Matthew Wolf's one of those guys who can get wild with the driver. Yes, he can. Yep. I, so what do you think about this? And we'll get to your, you know, I promise we're going to get to your picks of the Travelers coming up in about five minutes here. Um, if there's a golfer in the field right now at the top, and I asked Brady Cannon this on Monday, but if one of these golfers can eventually like separate himself from the pack, because all these guys were priced between 10 and 20 to 1 at the very top. And there's a laundry list of, you know, the who's who in the golf world right now. But if there's a golfer to pull away and eventually, like when he's in the field at a major, maybe beyond this year at the Masters, whatever, he gets to 7 to 1 or he's 5 to 1. Is there anybody that can do that? Would it be Rom if so? Or are they just so close together that they're all going to stay in this 10 to 1 range all the way up? I'm going to go with the latter. I think not one player is going to separate himself and become. The starting point for the odds makers every time he's in a tournament, he's a favorite, right? For a while, that was DJ. For yep. a while, that was Rory. It was Tiger for many years. I think you're going to see the favorites roll trade hands between DJ, Rom, sometimes DeChambeau, and occasionally Kepka, Morikawa, Justin Thomas. I left McElroy out of there. I, I really don't feel like Rory is in position to be the favorite in any of these tournaments. But again, at some point, he probably will. I, I, I believe that favorites role is going to trade hands more often than not instead of being one player who separates himself from the pack. I know once once Shoffley wins, if he ever does, then I think we're going to see his odds start to drop again. Like you're never going to find Shoffley at 20-1 to 1 or anything like that. can't miss five putts can't inside five feet. Can't do it. It's so frustrating. We'll our in-pocket plays while we're back tonight. It's coming up next. to determine the winner of any given college basketball game. Someone gives you 10,000 to 1 on anything. You take it. Take it. Take it. I'll bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. I'll give you 3 to 1 odds. Nope. 5 to 1. Nope. 10 to 1. You're up. Time for in-pocket plays. Oh, man. Bad week here. Bad start to the week in baseball. That's now two losers in a row. The White Sox were listless on offense last night. Uh, only scored three runs. I had over four and a half against the Pirates. Anderson shut him down. It was a lefty on White Sox crime, which you don't get very often. They're the best team against lefties in all of baseball. Yeah. They got three, I believe, in the seventh. Couldn't get any more beyond that, and uh, that bet was dead. Pirates beat Lucas Giolito yesterday. Yeah, he actually gave himself a base hit as well. The broadcasters were amazed when he actually snuck one in there to get a base mm-hmm. hit. But uh, tonight, I'm on the Hawks, plus eight. I like that play. The Westgate Superbook just moved to eight. DraftKings is at eight, so you got 
couple of opportunities to grab the best number out there. I think that is going to be the best number. I'm, I don't. I really don't think we're going to see eight and a half today, but uh, I like I like the Hawks plus eight in the first game of the series. Hey, the Bucks are off a really emotional game seven. Both teams are sure, right? But I still think the Hawks are kind of playing with house money. They're going to come in loose. And uh, they know they don't have much to lose, right? Nobody thought the Hawks were going to make it this far. And Trey Young right now has got that cocky attitude. Uh, I did, I did not put this on in pocket, Mitch, but I, th- I I will probably end up on the Hawks today. See, here's the thing, and you you brought this up earlier on the show, but you said when you were in San Diego this week, you're talking to Aaron Rennie, and he was there with you, and you're kicking around the game on Sunday night. And you're like, what's the number? Three and a half? And he looked at you and he said, no, it's seven. You're like, seven? What? Couldn't believe it. That that number was crazy. In Game 7 against Philadelphia. I really well, thought, I really believed that the Sixers were about 50-50 to even win the freaking game. Yeah. yeah. And they were seven-point favorites. So you here you have a Bucks team that was the three-seed, and what, their, their power rating is better than the 76ers? And you're going to put an eight on this game? I, I, that, that to me I think that, the perception here is, and it, and it could end up being reality as well, that the, the Bucks are just a really bad matchup for the Hawks. You gotta watch and see how that plays out tonight, but I'll tell you this, the Hawks have a coaching edge. No doubt. And nobody's talking about that. I haven't heard one person talk about that in the last two days. Uh, the Hawks have a definite coaching edge in this series. And you know, here's the thing, the series could play out over seven games, could be really exciting. Mm-hmm. JBT and I brought this up yesterday. If we had gotten Hawks nets, we both fall into that camp of, that's the series where the totals would have been 239 and it would have been justified, right? It would have been a fun series. To where the games would have been 125 <laughs> to 118, that <laughs> kind of thing. It would have been up and down the court. So, and two golfers that I have this week at the Travelers, Ricky Fowler, 75 to 1. It's like, that's a good number. Uh, he, again, he's been playing much better as of late. Was not at the U.S. Open, didn't qualify. But 75 to 1, I, I'm a sucker here. And uh, Abraham Answer, I know that this is a very common play and a very popular play. This part. And Abraham answers at 30 to 1 is what I bet him at. Yeah, Ricky Fowler may never win a major, but he is going to win some tournaments again. Uh, don't forget, the guy was, what, second or third place in the Masters two years yeah. ago, three yeah. years ago. He's been really competitive. He was top 10 in the PGA yeah. last month. So Fowler, I think the arrow is pointing in the right direction uh, for him. So I don't disagree with that play. You're, you're getting a guy, Mitch, two years ago, every time he played, he was around 25 to 1 odds. Right now, it's drifting up to 70. 80, 190 to 1 in the PGA. Uh, Wes Reynolds is with you this week. Uh, Wes is also on Ricky Fowler. So I'm with you on Abraham Answer. He's got a tie for 8th, a tie for 11th on this course, past two times there, scoring average of 67. I'll talk about that play in a minute. Just recap in pocket plays from the U.S. Open. And this really saved my tournament, uh, Mitch. Colin Morikawa, top 10 at plus 250. And Xander Shoffley, top 10 at plus 160. Shoffley tied for 7th. He snuck in there. The guy, he was 1 under. He probably should have been about 5 under. Yep. Um, but anyway, those two top 10s hit. And then uh, Kepka over DeChambeau in the matchup. Boom. That was big on the back nine Sunday to get that there with uh, Bryson blowing up. I lost the Mickelson-Westwood matchup. You know, I didn't think Westwood would be very good, and he really wasn't. He shot, I think, a 77 on Sunday, and he was 7 over for the tournament, but Phil was horrible. Phil was old. After a pretty good Friday round, Phil fell apart over the weekend. He was 11 over uh, for the tournament, so split on those two matchups. Tony Finau, top 20. Nope. Chez Reeby, top 10, 20 to 1 odds. Did not get there. Uh, How about the Sixers losing the series to the Hawks? Uh, so three and four on those plays right there. Here we go. In pocket for the Travelers Championship. You and I have a common play on Abraham Answer. Jeff Seeley had that one as well. I just said T8, T11, pass two, scoring average of 67. This is a guy who's trying to win on tour for the first time, and I think he's got a great shot here. Joaquin Neiman's had some success in this course in recent years, and uh, Neiman's a guy, again, you asked me a couple weeks ago, who are, the two, who are the guys you would bet? If you didn't bet them and they won a tournament, you would just regret it and kick yourself. Well, there's both guys on the list. Abraham Answer, 30-1. to one. Joaquin Neiman, 40-1. to one. When I was walking the course last week, 
at the U.S. Open. I was really impressed by the way Joaquin Neiman was playing. He just wasn't catching any breaks. He was getting some bad bounces here and there. If you look at some of the stats last week, you'd say, well, I'm surprised he didn't score better than he than he did. Uh, but Neiman, uh, I think Neiman's got a real shot to win this week at 40-1. to 1. And uh, I like him. Keegan Bradley at 50 to 1. Again, this is a home game for Keegan Bradley. And uh, Jeff Davis talked about it in the first hour, so I won't expand on it. But Kenzie Hughes, he was tied for the 54 hole lead at the U.S. Open and uh, kind of fell apart after that. But he, uh, he, he projects well on this course at 115 to 1. That's the current number at Circa. And again, Scotty Scheffler at 25 to 1. He led the U.S. Open in strokes game putting, and uh, I was just trying to evaluate some of the players who I thought were in pretty good form and who played well last week and might play well again this week. Mitch, two years ago when I was at the U.S. Open, I watched Ches Reeve, and I, I loved the way he was playing, and he finished third yeah. at Pebble Beach. I bet him the next week in this tournament at 70-1 to 1 odds, and he won. Did you really? Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of what I'm looking at here with guys like Scheffler and Neiman and Mackenzie Hughes. All right. Uh, two baseball plays for tonight. Dodgers plus 105 with Trevor Bauer and Giants minus 103 with uh, Kevin Gossman. Very good. Laundry list there. Well, let's hope they're winners. I might, I'll probably bet the Hawks today, too. If you are a horse racing fan, first bet is a place for you with wagering on races at over 300 tracks and AI-assisted picks. It is the easiest way to bet on your favorite sport with secure payments, attentive customer service, and a reliable website. <coughs> All brought to you by Express Bet. Sign up using the promo code Vegas100 today and get up to $100 and a match bonus on your first deposit. Visit vcin.com slash horses for details. vcin.com slash horses. Promo code Vegas100. NBA analyst David Thorpe on the program next. I cannot wait to hear him break down this series between the Hawks and the Bucks. That's coming up. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. 
Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't wait days for your winnings. Cash out instantly with Bet Rivers feature. It's called Rush Pay. Get your cash when you want it at Bet Rivers Sportsbook, the industry leader with exclusive bets, daily specials, odds boosts, and the most in play betting options available. As always, get a $250 match bonus, fastest payouts, and only a one time playthrough at Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. Offer is valid in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, Pennsylvania. It's also available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey. You must be 21. The coach, David Thorpe, joins the program now. Uh, read him at TrueHoop.com. Uh, love getting his analysis on the NBA. And, and, Coach, thanks for the time, as always. Before we get into uh, the Hawks-Bucks Game 1 in the series overall, what, what did you make of the, what was it, the final couple of minutes of the NBA game last night, Game 2, Suns-Clippers, and how long it took? But also, like, at the very end, and did you know exactly what was happening and, and the rules at the time when they threw that alley-oop pass? And Aiton, was it goaltending? Was it not goaltending? So, yes, I did know the rules. We're supposed to know that kind of stuff as coaches, right? Um, I, I'm a little concerned about the length of time. I, I'm, I have to watch the game for my business, right? So I, I'm watching the game regardless. I wasn't rushing to go see something else. But uh, we're a league that needs fans, right? We, and we need young fans. Uh, and and if you ever, I have 20-year-old twins, it isn't so easy to get them to watch movies I love, for example, from the 80s that maybe drag on a little long. Uh, they, they, they have short attention spans. And last night, I'm sure we lost viewers, uh, which is too bad because it was a great game. Yep. So I don't know the answer. We're going to probably talk about it on my podcast later today. I'm bringing it in with True Hoop uh, because we want to get the calls right. And so you want replays. My partner, Henry Abbott, says that they know in Secaucus what within 10, 15 seconds, they know. They don't need the drama on the court with the, the head referee looking through stuff. They've got all the TVs with every camera angle. Someone can say, I got it right here. Let's let's put it up there. And so we need to quicken that up. But the game was amazing, I thought. I thought the coaches were great. No one's perfect. It, it was a terrific game that just went on too long. Yeah, totally agree. Well, <clears throat> was Tyron Lue great? Uh, seriously, don't you have to put different personnel in at the end to defend a play like that? What would you? What would be going through your mind if you're the Clippers coach when the Suns have that one play that could beat you? So, you know, I thought a lot about Ty Lue. Uh, I thought he was magnificent last night, and I'm not some kind of huge Ty Lue fan. I call it like I see it. Uh, but in our business, like, you don't, you don't throw a perfect game. It just doesn't happen. So the, I, I would have maybe done two adjustments. Number one, I would not have had a Zubak so high up. I would have made Aiden or Booker coming off the screen uh, do a catch and shoot from 19 feet with less than one second on the clock with a, a guy guarding uh, uh, either one chasing. In other words, whoever's chasing Booker, can he can contest Aiden as well. Uh, I would have had uh, Cousins protecting the outside and Zubak staying back and, uh, and live with that. But, uh, and, and, you know, you, you can quibble about a lot of little things either way, but Lou went through a lot of different options. He kept trying different things, and not all of them worked, but a lot of them worked. And the bottom line is Cameron Payne played the game of his life. I think going into the game, the Clippers were thinking if we lose, it's make campaign be one of the reasons. 
you have to you know you have to pick your poison right well they picked their poison and, and it killed them that's a credit to monty williams who i thought was magnificent also i thought it was one of the best coach games from both sides the chess match between the two of them was very good and uh had both stars been healthy Kawhi and peach and chris paul i don't know that the clippers don't win Kawhi's a better player the clippers have done amazing all things considered and should feel decent about game three. You got to get through game three to have a chance, obviously. Have to. But I, I think the Clippers have a lot to be proud of. That the Suns just played better and one more play. And I'm not even sure it was the right call. I thought the ball was off Aiden. I thought in that long rebound it was off Aiden. They didn't yeah. show us a good replay on that. I'm not even sure it should have been Clippers ball. I agree with you on that. Do you think the Clippers, though, they, they've been down 0-2 in the previous two playoff series, and they came back, obviously, to win those against Dallas and in the last round as well against Utah. But if they don't get Kawhi back, here's the beauty with the Suns. They're up 2-0 with no Chris Paul. So they're going to have him come back at some point, maybe for Game 3, and it doesn't look good for Kawhi. Yeah, so that's the challenge, right? The I, I continue to think that had the Jazz been healthy with Connolly, they, they win the series with or without Kawhi. Uh, and uh, Connolly just was so impactful. So now they're in the same boat the Clippers are, except CP's probably going to come back, whereas Connolly didn't come back. The game six, it was already two three. So um, and without Kawhi, it's it's very tough for sure. But it's hard to get a closeout. Anyone that's coached before knows to, in baseball, it's hard to get the final out in the last inning. In basketball, it's hard to close out whatever game four, five, six, or seven. It's just hard. Uh, the Suns seem to be cresting right when you've got guys like Payne and Johnson playing so well. Uh, we know Crowder's been there before, made the NBA Finals last year. What Aiton's done. Yeah, getting Chris Paul back only helps. I, I think I think uh, Devin Booker probably broke his nose, and so. But he's. I don't think it's going to hurt worse than it must have been hurting last night. Amazing credit to him for what he did. So yeah, the Suns obviously are clear favorites, but if they don't win Game Three, that uh, gets on. Uh, the Clippers are a, a scrappy bunch. Sure. Let's follow the money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Our guest is the coach David Thorpe at TrueHoop.com. Follow him on Twitter. He is at Coach Thorpe. So then what about the series that begins tonight in the Eastern Conference? Uh, look, I mean, out here in Las Vegas and beyond in other states, the, the, the Bucks are huge favorites. And I think they're probably too big of favorites. But you, you can break it down however you see it on film, how, how this, you see the series going. I look at it like this. I mean, the Hawks just were very impressive. They won at Philadelphia three straight games. And Philly and Milwaukee are pretty close teams at the top of the Eastern Conference. And now the Bucks are bigger favorites against the Hawks than the Sixers were, which is astonishing to me. Or do you see it in a series in the matchups here where the Bucks absolutely do whatever they want? Oh, no, I think Atlanta's very good. I think they're, they're, they're a formidable team with uh, amazing offense that can score in a lot of ways, uh, an improved defensive team. I think that the uh, Knicks were very overrated. I picked the Hawks to win the series. I actually picked the Hawks to beat the Sixers if we couldn't see a fully healthy Embiid. I don't think we did. I thought Embiid defensively was much more uh, mitigated than what he normally would be with, because of his knee injury. He was pretty amazing on offense, so he certainly was healthy. But I thought he couldn't do defensively. Like, Brooke Lopez is the best drop in the pick and roll. He's the best drop defender in the league based on statistics. And uh, and so I think Milwaukee, I'm a big believer that you, you go through pain and it just advances your overall level of ability to perform well when you really need to in the postseason. Atlanta is almost living on borrowed time and it's fun and they're terrific. But I don't know that they'll continue to play great. History suggests that they won't. And I think Milwaukee, having got through Brooklyn, with Middleton being an issue and, and DeAndre Hunter being injured, I think that's a big loss for Atlanta. Danny Green also didn't play for the Sixers last couple games. That makes a difference. Uh, I've got I've got Milwaukee. Milwaukee. I think I think they could win in four or five. Oh wow! But I think the games will be great. Like I don't yeah. think it's a blowout. I think the games will be great. I think I think the Bucks have more answers. I I also think they'll play their bench more. They haven't done that. Bobby Portis was playing really well. I'm not sure why he didn't yeah. play against Brooklyn as much, but some of their bench guys, Forbes and Portis, are very arrested. That's going to matter, too, I think. And uh, I just think with what Milwaukee's gone through, they're gonna, there's, there was a, re- a resolve about them, just like there's been with the Clippers in this postseason, that I think Atlanta isn't there yet. But Atlanta going down the road, uh, I mean, if they win game one, it's amazing and, and everything changes, but this isn't going to be a, a real a contender for years to come. about Nate McMillan? He's done a great job with the Hawks. Does he have an edge? Does he give the Hawks an edge in this series from a coaching perspective? You know, it's a great question. I do think Atlanta really believes in him. I think they love playing for him. They fight. His teams always seem to fight for him. He's gotten to be a much better coach 
since his days in Portland, where I thought he was average at best, probably uh-huh. below average, and definitely below average offensive coach. He's got Trey Young, so that solves a lot of his offensive problems sure. schematically because Trey can do whatever he wants to do. He's got them really guarding on the ball, off the ball. That makes a big difference. Uh, you know, Bud, Bud has been a terrific coach. He's not been great in the postseason. That's why it's a great question. I don't know. I think the team hasn't quit on him. That says something about their trust in him. And I think it's all about trust. I really do. I think that's why both Tyloo and uh, 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 Monty Williams has been so good for their teams. I think the players really trust him. I don't think we always see that. I'm not sure we saw it in Brooklyn. In fact, I'm sure we didn't. Steve Nash is a first-year coach. I don't think they really trusted him the way they may, maybe they will going forward. If they don't, they'll change him. So, yeah, I think Nate might have a slight edge there, but the Bucks really know their system. Uh, to beat, to knock off Brooklyn, even with the injuries, is, is impressive, especially after all that happened. I, that's why I think Milwaukee still has the edge. Yeah. I, if I recall correctly, you said that same thing about Milwaukee back in December when you were coming on, preview, uh, looking at the season, right? You said, I, I think you have to go through like kind of a meat grinder. You have to go yeah. through the bad times to get better, and you like that about Milwaukee going into the season. I did, yeah. yeah. I just, yeah. There's, it's, it's something about our, our nature as humans, uh, in, especially in sports. And I've been following the NBA since kind of like the late '70s. In '79, I was 14 years old, and with the Lakers, I just think that um, that that pain brings a resolve and a toughness and a calmness. You 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 have to play well. Like you have to make the open shots you get. You don't always get them, and I, I don't think you don't make all of them. You don't make even half of them from three. But the, getting through what they've gone through helps you execute better. Atlanta's gonna, Atlanta has surprised us. I also think they beat teams that were more beatable than Milwaukee. And I don't know about the Giannis. Giannis Middleton both provide problems, whereas on the other side, I think that they've got answers for Atlanta except for Trey. Although Drew Holiday is a terrific defensive player, he's not going to shut Trey down, but he can make things harder. And I, I don't know who guards Drew. Drew's got to be more assertive. That's the one thing I'll look at. In terms of X factors, how assertive as a score is Drew Holiday? Because I think he can score in either of the guards for Atlanta. They're probably going to hide Trey on like like PJ Tucker, which means a Herder's going to have to guard Drew. That's a tough matchup for them, no doubt. Uh, final minute here. Go ahead, promote whatever you would like to promote. Obviously, thanks so much for coming on today. What you're writing up and also the podcast. Thank you. So yeah, True Hoop, we're 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 covering the series. We're today I'm bringing in. Uh, we're actually live at 11 for our subscribers, and we'll. We'll post it later for anyone. Uh, we're really going to do a deep dive on Ben Simmons. Uh, this is my area of expertise, is player development, and he's got major problems right now. So we're going to talk about that. Of course, we're going to break down the game last night. It was really an epic game. Uh, and just continue to talk about the playoffs. And we're not going to go into the draft just yet. I imagine we'll probably talk with you guys soon about it. Sure. Uh, I'm not crazy about this draft. I, if I was a top five team, I might trade down. If a team was excited to go up to the top three or four, if I can get two top ten picks like Atlanta did with Trey Young and Cam Reddish, I probably would do that in this Very draft. Very cool. Thanks so much for the time, Coach. Good luck. Thanks, guys. Be safe. Yep. We don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.